And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. It's time to talk finance with Luke Smith from Envision Financial. Thanks for dropping by. I just had to wade my way to get in here, I think. It's yeah, well, it's a bit damp outside. <laughs> I've moved you onto a different microphone today but because the go. other one was falling over. But every time you look to your right... You're going to lose me. You just disappear off the mic. So don't look I'll to your right. I'll around like that. Look at that's, that. Boom. That, that's a lot better. Got it covered. We're here to talk about what to look for in a home loan to lower mm. your costs. And, of course, this is very topical right mm. now with interest rates once again going up. Yep. Uh, just a few days ago, and the banks Correct. have all responded now. All the big four banks have decided, yes, we're going to increase your mortgage rate. Yeah, funny that. Yeah, uh, very amusing. Yeah, amazing. Um, yeah, look, and I think there's more to come, and I, I guess as I say, we talk about it today just to get people thinking because it is very topical and it's very concerning for some people. And, you know, I, I think the important thing to keep in mind here is it, it, it'll be okay. Honestly, it'll it'll be okay. I think there's the people are jumping to an extreme, and, and I'm not saying that it's not concerning for some. I appreciate that completely because everybody's in a slightly different situation. But the important thing to keep in mind is as long as you do not run out of cash flow, you're okay. Yeah. Now, the, the, the primary driver of upping interest rates is to curb inflation because everything's very expensive. We've got supply chain problems. But when you're looking at your mortgage, I get the best thing you can do now is shop it, shop it, shop it, shop it, and shop it around some more. If you haven't looked at your home loan in the last two years, Mm -hmm. you could be potentially doing yourself a significant disservice in relation to an available rate that you could take advantage of. Because I can assure people of this, the increase in in interest rates is is far from over. And if the RBA get to where they want to try and manage cash, we could be knocking on the door of 3%. Um, and we're a long ways from that at the moment. So yeah, currently the official rate's one point eight five. So yeah. if it's three percent, that's almost double where it is now. Exactly, you got one point two to come, mm. which means we've probably got two more fifties and a twenty five potentially, if the economy can handle that. Now, that's what equity markets have been pricing in in relation to forward interest rates. Yeah. That's what the sort of yield curves um, have been have been looking like. And a, a a good buddy of mine was in town this week from CBA who lends in that. 100 million plus bracket and he said it's it's very hard to get deals done at the moment with the unknown of where cash will go so it's not just your mum and dads that are finding it hard to get money and 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 lock up deals at that wholesale end of town it's also very very expensive as you can appreciate a a small interest rate rise makes a big difference the bigger the number so it it always shop shop around your rate um the next big thing i'd be looking at is are you in the right product it's one thing to have all the bells and whistles But if you're paying extra for that, have a look and see what you're actually using. If you're paying extra to have an offset account, and and full disclosure, I'm pro-offset account, always have been. But if it comes down to saying, well, if I don't have one of those, can I get a slightly cheaper interest rate? And you're not saving significant amounts of money into that offset account, look at the structure you have and make sure you're paying for the things that you're using. Because it may cost you with some providers a little bit extra to have that type of facility. And if yeah. you're not making use of that facility or taking advantage of it, you could be paying more than you need to. Similarly, if you're with a lender that has an increased interest rate as opposed to someone online, you could be paying for a bank branch that you're never going to go in. Yes. So again, think about who you're with. Think about online options. Always ensure you have a high quality provider so that you have security over the longer term. 
But at the moment, people need to be looking at what they're paying for and are they getting good value for money. That reminds me of two, it's not uh, mortgages, but it's, the same thing applies with your credit card. You mm, might be 100%. paying for a high interest rate credit card 100%. where you've got things like a rewards program and other benefits that you don't need and don't use. So why pay the higher interest rate? Exactly. And as we sort of touched on last week, you know, if you're looking at outgoings and, and, and some of your fixed costs like your pay TV, if you're not watching Stan and, and Netflix and this and that and this and that, well, shave some out. We don't have enough hours in the day to watch them all, let's be fair. And you spend mm. half your time trying to find a show anyway. Yes. And then you go, well, I've got nothing to watch. So why are you paying for it? You know, and this is very similar. You know, also have a look. If you're finding that things are getting a little tight from a cash flow perspective, maybe consider looking at an interest only alternative mm-hmm. because the payment that the bank requires will be reduced. Now, keep in mind that you're not paying off the principal, but again, if you can reduce your payment or your minimum payment each month and have an offset account tied to an interest-only loan. If you do have any extra savings or you sell something or anything happens, you can put money in that offset account, which is paying down the principal. So don't be frightened by using an interest-only facility because I I use it in my office and I I throw up the word interest-only and you can see the sweat just Mm. beating up on somebody's forehead and they go, I want to pay it off, I want to pay it off. Just tie an offset account to an interest-only loan and you can Mm. pay it off. Yeah, no I, I, know, I know I've said this to you before, but I don't know why people are so afraid of interest-only loans. It just means you never have to pay it back. Well, exactly <laughs> right. And, and look, at the moment, that, that might be a viable solution for people to improve their cash flow. And that's mm. why you need to have a look. If you've got a couple of investment properties that were previously interest-only that have reverted to p yes. and have a look at getting them refinanced interest-only to try and free up that cash flow that could then help you with your own mortgage payments if you have a non-deductible debt against your house. So it's always about, as we say each week, start with why. What concerns you? Is it rates going up? Is it your cash flow? Is it the serviceability of an investment property? You know, this is where rates, body corporates and some of these other nasties start to really weigh into your, your ability to meet liabilities. And, you know, if you can sharpen up your loan structure... It's, it's, it's really important. The other one to think about for your self-employed people out there and you know run this by your accountant, if you've got money sitting in a work account and potentially you could have it sitting against you know, a, a loan through an offset account, have a word to your accountant. It's not tax advice. I'm not saying go and do it. I'm just saying be smart and, and, and use lumpy cash flow where you can to minimise the, the interest cost that you're incurring in a rising rate environment. So you know there are a number of ways that you can look at what you currently have in place and try and sharpen up its structure, its costs, and its ongoing payments to make sure that you have the best deal possible. Because if you think about the rate you're on now and add 1.2% to it, if we get there, you want to come off the lowest base possible. Indeed. Now, when is when should we expect interest rates to come down again? I know, crystal ball question, isn't it? Oh, you got me. Okay. Yeah, I... I I, I look, I, I don't think it's out of the question, but I think the, the, the first hurdle we need to get over now is flattening out inflation. Mm. And I think probably by the end of the first quarter next year, we'll have a very good idea of where interest rates will plateau. Yes. It'll then be a case of seeing if we then go full nosedive bullet train into a recession, or there are a range of other economic factors that could see us continue on. The reporting in America has been pretty solid at the moment. Yes. Um, we've seen markets continue to rally. And a lot of this forward interest rate rise is is priced in already and has been for quite a while. The anomalies will be how quick things slow down 
um, and where we have to get to in relation to interest rates. Because if they do overshoot and things slow down significantly, you could see in the future um, a, a rate reduction to try and stimulate you know, the broader economy again. So it's, it's, it's not a case of worrying that it'll go up and up and up and up forever. It'll go up and plateau. Yes. And then because of the laggy nature of rising interest rates, it'll take some time to flow through into the economy, keeping in mind as well that there's a very large proportion of fixed loans still in play. Mm, that's right. Um, so there'll be a lot of people that are still spending like they were last year or the year before that maybe should be thinking about filling up some offset accounts mm. and some bank accounts for when rates do jump from 2.1 to mid fives. So the bottom line there, though, is if you keep your eye on your cash flow, make sure you stay out of trouble on that front. Interest rates will take care of themselves in the long run mm. and uh, you shouldn't panic. No. So um, what should people be doing? Just call the bank and say, I want a different deal, a better deal, or well, that, are there other options? Yeah, there are. Look, um, I'm, I'm yet to have... Any, any bank ring me and say, oh, listen, there's a great deal over here with another provider. It just doesn't happen. You know, Netflix don't ring and go, hey, Stan, I've got an amazing deal on the movie <laughs> channel. And, and you've got to remember that this is no different, right? Yeah. The banks are very reactive in that there's a lot of refinancing opportunities at the moment. So if you go to leave or threaten to leave, they might pay you to stay. You might be able to give them a competitor's rate and say, look, I'm going to leave and the people I'm leaving will give me two or 3000 bucks to refinance. There's some really good refinancing deals out there being offered by certain providers at the moment. Um, so I'd, I'd ring your provider first. Um, keep also in mind that the bank doesn't care. And I say that a little tongue-in-cheek. Your, your million-dollar mortgage to CBA, they don't care. You've got a couple of hundred million with them, they care. Your million bucks in the grand scheme of things, they're not doing you any favours. If you want to go out to the open market, get a mortgage broker involved because they're very, very useful for a few different reasons. One, they understand the different appetite and market segment that different lenders are after because not all banks want the same people. That could do with your cash flow, that could do with your assets and liabilities, that could do with your occupation. Some occupations are looked more favourably upon by some lenders than others and a good mortgage broker will know where your personal position would fit with a good lender. They can also help you structure offset account, redraw facility, interest only, principal and interest, what sort of split, do some numbers, do you some estimates, work out your cash flow and provide some really good benefits and information that you may or may not have considered mm -hmm. and they'll do a lot of the legwork for you. So, you know, finding a good broker is, 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 is part of the decision and then working with them to try and get the best outcome. They'll go away and use their skill and experience to come back to you with the best deal. Um, and that's a really good way of not tying up a huge amount of your time because if you're working nine to five, come home and start trying to ring banks at 5.15, it's going to be very difficult to try and get something done at those hours because they're notoriously, you know, poor at providing after-hour service. So get a good broker if you don't have any joy with your current provider and then see if you can get a better outcome for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Call the, call your bank first, see if they'll play ball with you and if, yeah. if, if they don't, then start shopping around. But I've, I've gone through that. I called mm -hmm. a bank and said, look, my honeymoon period's coming to an end. Can we roll over to a new honeymoon period? They said, no, that's not how it works. The rules are you've got to revert to the variable. I said, well, are you sure about that? Because I'll just go somewhere else. They said, be my guest. So I did. Yeah, there you go. So there's a beautiful example of, you know, we, we care until we don't need to. Then, um, then when they got the documents from the new bank, they rang me and said, I see you're preparing to leave. What can we do to have you stay? 
I said, yes. well, I already told you that. <laughs> the funny thing is they generally work in different silos, right? So you'll have one team that work on existing loans. You'll have another retention team. The two probably don't talk to each other. Yeah. And they have two completely different drivers in relation to KPIs, bonuses, and all sorts of other things. So, you know, the, the value of finding a, you know, a good business banker, for you, especially for your, your self-employed people, a good business banker um, can make a world of difference because they are proactively making you aware of things. And, you know... In, in the bank's defence, um, my business banker at ANZ, great bloke, always on the phone, always trying to be proactive and, and really adds value to my relationship with that particular lender. There's others that just don't care. And again, you need to remember that your situation may not suit every bank. That's where a broker can save you a lot of time because you know disclosing your life now is extremely punishing, especially if you're self-employed. And the angst you've got to go to putting together paperwork to then find out that after four or five weeks of work, the bank goes, no, we don't want you. A good broker could have told you right off the bat, hey, with what you've got going on, here, here and here could be really good for you and it'll be a lot quicker and it's appropriate and it can save you a lot of time, which everybody doesn't have at the moment. So, Absolutely. Today we're talking about what to look for in a home loan to lower your costs while interest rates are rising. So, Luke, what are the key things to consider? Yeah, as I said before the ad break, um, consider an online provider because you may be paying for a branch that you're never going to use. So have a look at the quality of the lender and see what's out there. Again, engage a mortgage broker. If you don't have one, you want to talk to one or get put in touch with somebody that I know will do a good job, regardless, we've got three or four that we use and we can we can put you in touch with them, no problems whatsoever. Check the features that you're paying for. If you're paying a little bit extra in relation to the rate for offset accounts and other bells and whistles that you're not using, see if you can find a simpler product that suits your needs. If you've got principal and interest loans and could benefit from moving to interest only with an offset account, that'll reduce the minimum amount that the bank takes and could free up some cash flow for a period of time to give you a little bit of buffer in relation to what's coming in and what's going out because everything's expensive at the moment, whether it's lettuce, chicken, meat, fish and you know fuel and all the other fun things. Um, we need those. We need to eat. We sort of need to drive cars. Um, so interest only can be a great way to free up your cash flow. Um, ask the bank if you can re-amortise your home loan. So let's say you borrowed 500000 bucks 10 years ago and they worked out your minimum payment then, but you've got money sitting in your offset account with, say, 300000 You can go to them and say, look, put that three hundred against my $500,000 loan, then now recalculate the minimum payment on the outstanding two hundred, And that is another good way to bring down the minimum payment that the bank will draw from your account on an ongoing basis and again free up some cash flow so ask them if they can do that some providers have different flexibilities there so it'll depend on who you're with another term they use is recasting so just just ask them if you can do that um shop around for a better deal and um and, and call someone for some help you know the sooner you can get in front of this if you are concerned the sooner you can get that peace of mind of being in the best product at the best rate and free up that that cash flow pressure with rates rising over the next four, five, six months, you know, being proactive could be very, very beneficial from a cash flow perspective, but more importantly, from a peace of mind perspective, to know that you've done everything you can to look at your outgoings, your loan structure, and your expenses over the next six to 12 months. Yeah, and don't be afraid to ask your bank, do you have a better deal? Because they won't tell you without being prompted. 100%, and if they if they don't want to come to the party, and then again, get a mortgage broker involved because they'd love to go out and hunt down a deal for you because that's 
that's what they're there to do. So, you know, the, the worst thing you can do now in the current environment is sit at home and panic and stick your head in the sand and hope it's going to get better. It, it isn't. Um, so, you know, if you are concerned, ring my office, get on the phone to one of the girls. We can put you in touch with someone that can help you on the loan side. It doesn't cost anything. So it, it, there's, there's absolutely no reason not to check it out. So, All right, and speaking of the phone number, Luke, where can listeners get more information? Yeah, so look, if, if, if you want to have a chat about this, 62604749, we can put you in touch with a, a raft of different people to be able to do some, some legwork for you and help you out. We've got the website, envisionfinancial.com.au. We've got the podcast, The Strategy Stacker, Luke Talks Money on iTunes and Spotify. And we've got the YouTube channel, Envision Financial Canberra, where you can subscribe to that and get the show every week, watch it on your phone, nothing to read. I say it every week, but... The less we have to read these days, the better. So it's a little bit something there for everybody. Everybody should read, Luke, but that's another story for another day. (laughs) Everything in moderation. Luke Smith, uh, we'll catch you again next Friday. See you next week. Thanks very much. Luke Smith from Envision Financial, and Luke will be back in the studio once again next Friday at the same time to talk for all things finance once again.